All right. Welcome, everyone, and welcome to our Christmas nerd fight. Uh, my name is Tim Wozni. You are listening to or watching the Story Geeks YouTube channel and our, uh, like I guess, a very special holiday nerd fight. Uh, joining me today are Sandra and Justin, each defending their own film alongside me. And we have our wonderful guest star and guest moderator, Kimberly, uh, joining us as well. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Hello, hello. hello. Um, I am going to pass this on to Justin because he is our sort of our rules extraordinaire and our, our guide for this evening as we all uh, as we do this. And when I was offered to explain the rules, I figured as a participant, I can use this moment to my advantage. So any you know rule that <laughs> right. comes to the top of my mind that I forgot about. I'm, no, um, the rules are pretty simple. Each of the three of us have created three arguments for why our film is the best Christmas movie. And we don't know what the other participants' arguments will be. So we are just going to kind of blindly throw our arguments out in three different rounds. We have already rolled a dice to see what the order is. So the order throughout the night will be Justin, myself, then Sandra, then Tim, and we will rotate. So... Here's how the first round will go. I will have two minutes to make an argument for why Elf is the best Christmas movie. And then Sandra will have two minutes to make an argument for a Christmas story. Tim will have two minutes to make an argument for Home Alone. And then we'll go back through that same order. And each of us will have one minute to make some sort of rebuttal to the arguments we just heard in that same order. At the end of that round, our moderator, Kimberly, will award two points to the argument that she thought was strongest or funniest or preferred or really however she wants to measure that. And then one point to the runner up. And sadly, someone will re receive zero points. And then for the second round, we're going to do the exact same thing, except the position just moves one person. So Sandra will lead off, then Tim, then myself. And then we'll have a rebuttal points and we'll do that one third time with Tim starting off. After that, we're going to tally all the points from those three rounds. And the top two participants will go head to head for one final question that Kimberly will provide that we don't even know what it'll be. So we'll have a moment to kind of collect our thoughts and make our final argument. And at that point, all the points are out the window. It's just down to that last question. So Kimberly will declare a winner based on those last two participants. Um, and really the spirit of all of this is just to have fun. I mean, all three of these movies are in my annual to watch list. So, I mean, we all enjoy these movies. So we're not going to, you know, be making personal attacks, obviously. Um, but, you know, we're going to be poking fun at these movies and trying to argue for why the one we've been assigned or chosen is the very best best one and so are there any questions after that because then i just get a start <laughs> uh for those of you who are hanging out with us in the audience today feel free to comment um please as we are if you agree with these points if you disagree with these points um we will pop them up here and there as we are going um and enjoy your, I'm already loving the support that I'm seeing out there. Um, but uh, no, Justin, I think we are ready to give it to you. Um, 
Kimberly, do you want to throw us any left hook rules in the middle of this, or are we just going to dive right into this? I'm just going to say that this is going to be very hard because I love all of these Christie's movies. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so this is definitely going to be a very tough decision. Well, we're, we are super glad that you've joined us and we're, we are ready to accept our points as, as you see fit. Uh, Justin, I am going to pass it to you. Um, you have two minutes. Great. I, Kimberly, I'm going to try to keep my arguments very to the point. And so my first argument is just that Elf has the best life lessons to live by. And I think that those life lessons are overtly said when they're reciting their Elf code. Treat every day like Christmas. There's room for everyone on the nice list. And the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Now, I think those are important because treat every day like Christmas. If we all lived with the intensity and presence, uh, not just presence, but presence of treating every day as special and as a gift, um, I think that would really be life-changing and help us invest in all of our relationships and every endeavor that we're in. Um, to believe that there's room for everyone on the nice list, that gives you so much hope in humanity and hope for change and hope for uh, better relationships, better treatment, um, and just that people can develop and become more than they currently are. And then the greatest way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. It is just an encouragement to be vulnerable and uh, to be authentic and to be yourself and, you know, of course, embrace the arts. Now, if I was to try to say what life lessons were present in the other movies, we might hear things like, you know, for Home Alone, you know, don't abandon your children when you go on vacation. It's like we know this. That's a good lesson, you know, or, or don't be ageist. You know, uh, he's very afraid <laughs> of old people. And it's like, again, a good lesson, but maybe not the most important thing uh, for a movie to be about. And then um, violence can solve everything is another lesson I'd say Home Alone would have. Um, but uh, and then for a Christmas story, you know, I think the big lesson is don't shoot your eye out, which again, good thing. But it's like, is that worth a whole movie um, or maybe just the virtues of consumerism? Because the whole movie is about him getting a toy. And these are just not things that I think should be emulated quite as much as the life lessons in Elf. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Oh, wow. First of all, I love that you are making this very strong case for a film while wearing a Buddy the Elf outfit. Like, you know. <laughs> Dress the part, right? That's true. <laughs> all right. Is it my turn? Uh, it is. And I will hold up a three when you're at 30 seconds. I'll give you a 10 and then five, four, three, two, one. I forgot to mention that that is on my end. And we're going with presidential debate rules, right? Where we're not interrupting each other and stuff like that. Right. I think Perfect. that's fair. Okay, great. Were those the rules? Were the, were they the... <laughs> All right. Do I just go? You All yours. Oh, yes. Okay. So the thing that I love about a Christmas story is 
this is from a child's perspective. So from an adult's perspective, we're all grown up. We want that PSA, right? We want that, uh, the life lessons. But we go to a Christmas story to just go back to that childlike place of, hey, you know, you're not worried about um, repairing your, your relationship with your father. You're not worried about um, spreading Christmas cheer through singing songs. And you're not worried about that. You're worried about the, the gun or the, your one toy, the one thing that you want. And so this whole narrative is built from this child's perspective and he's building his case of why he should get this toy. You know, kids go to see Santa because they want to not talk about the world's problems. They want to talk about the thing that they want. So this whole film centered on that. And I love that it's one of very few films that is strictly from a child's perspective. And we also see the magic from his eyes of if I get this toy, then I'll be able to save my family from these, these bandits. I'll be able to um, be the hero in the story. My teacher will um, applaud me for my wonderful essay um, and I'll get an A++++. And so the whole thing is built on this perspective of how can I convince my mom? How can I convince my dad? How can I convince Santa? And that again is just going back to what it's like to be that kid again and that one thing that you wanted as opposed to thinking about the world's problems. And, and that, that comes later. But for Christmas, we want to think about being in that space of a child and really going back to that place of there's just the one thing that you want and we think it will solve everything. Um, but that's what that's what we see in a Christmas story. We see Ralphie. We see such a wonderful um, job of him trying to convince his family. And then at the end of the day, he gets it and he gets his Christmas wish. There we go. It's under two minutes. <laughs> Excellent job. Excellent job. Very nice. Uh, I will go ahead and start my timer then. Uh, Elf has wonderful lessons. And yes, Christmas story is from the perspective of a child, but no movie hits that childlike wonder or that childlike perspective like Home Alone. Uh, it hits on all of that wonder and magic of Christmas and childhood. One, getting to be home alone as a kid was rad. No grown-ups pushing you around, telling you what to do. Uh, Kevin McAllister gets to have ice cream for dinner. His, you know, his own cheese pizza doesn't have to share that. There is nothing more child focused than getting your own cheese pizza. Uh, you get to be smarter than the grownups in Kevin McAllister's shoes. Har Marv and Harry, not the sharpest. So he gets all of that. You also have all that fear that from that perspective of the personification in the boiler in the basement or the the South Bend shovel slayer and the scary old man Marley next door. This movie ultimately creates that wonder in younger viewers and as adults brings us back to what that wonder meant to us when we were that age. It's also relatable in a way that does not drown its viewers in nostalgia. And everybody has tough days and especially tough holidays with their family. That's something that everybody going into Home Alone immediately relates to. Uh, it portrays itself in a way that is that, like I guess, say, instantly relatable, but it is also not weighed down by it, right? It sheds that in favor of that joyous world of Kevin McAllister, Home Alone. Um, it just lets the viewer and the audience sit within that childhood joy and wonder surrounding Christmas and getting his uh, wishes met. 
Nice. And so now we go into our one minute rebuttals on on these uh, topics in particular. Um, so I will start. So, um, you know, we aren't all talking about best message, which was my argument, um, because we aren't <laughs> all talking about the same thing. Um, but I'll just focus on child's perspective, because that's what both of you uh, brought up. And I would say Buddy's perspective is the most pure childlike perspective of any of these movies uh, from the way he decorates the store in the apartment uh, and his excitement for Santa and you were talking about Kevin eating uh, ice cream for dinner uh, buddy gets candy candy cane candy corn and syrup and so I mean just even on the merits of a wonderful dinner like I'd say buddy has more of the childlike perspective than either of those movies That's my whole rebuttal. That's all I've got. It's Sandra's turn. <laughs> hmm. All right. Ready? Can I go now? All right. So obviously Justin didn't have anything else to say because there's not much you can say to really knock down some of these films. So with A Christmas Story, again, we have a real child's perspective, not this man boy who unfortunately hasn't grown up in, in um, a place where he's able to be a full man. Um, and he is human, so he should be able to do that. Also, if it's from a child's perspective, then we have romance in there. And we don't have that with Kevin, we don't have that with Ralphie because it again is very much from a child's perspective. So with these other films, you have all these other elements, you have all these other themes. Let me let me convince you of this and convince you of that. With with a child, uh, excuse me, with a Christmas story, you have that one theme, that one focus, and you don't have all these other storylines going on. It's Ralphie; he is the center, and everything around that world is to see where Ralphie is going. These other films have you following all these other storylines. We just wanna focus on the one. The challenge that I have with Buddy the Elf's uh, childlike perspective and the wholesome messages, while they are wholesome, that Buddy the Elf portrays is that Buddy the Elf does it at only maximum volume. Mm. And that takes away from the wonder and the childlike perspective. You know, Kevin McAllister has his moments that he yells, the classic aftershave on the, on the cheeks and the, the expression of pain therein. But it is not dominated by one joke and one joke only, the joke being excessiveness and, and volume. Um, and my problem with, in the in the same way with the, the child perspective of a Christmas story is that it is only only really reflected in nostalgia and the, you know, sort of classic Americana. And now, Kimberly, you are front and center because that is our first round of arguments and rebuttals. So you can. Um, award two points uh, i'd say award second place first because that kind of you know builds the anticipation and then award first place and someone will be shocked that they got zero instead of first place and it'll be amazing <laughs> okay this wow just off the bat after everybody like spoke i felt like oh i'm gonna go with that person and then the next person spoke 
oh, I'm gonna go with that person. So like every time you guys spoke, you guys like kept changing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so second place points, I'm gonna have to give, that was my drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> So Justin gets the one point. Ooh. Got it. Definitely describing all their, their rules and, you know, Christmas spirit. That's definitely why I went with the point. But Sandra is going for the two points. Ooh. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> uh, I didn't really think about that is the only movie that's kind of focused on just his story about his wanting his toy and it's all on for his it's under his um his his under his eyes and i love how you were saying how elf is a man boy <laughs> i didn't think it that way <laughs> yay i'll take i'll take the comments about elf being a man boy as a consolation prize this round <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Oh, wait. So I'm up next then, right? Yeah. Yes. For the start of round two, Sandra, you are up first. Ding, ding. All right. So um, I think Justin brought up the idea of nostalgia. And you know what? Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. And it's so, so popular. We see so many things rebooted and everything because we love to go back. And so with the Christmas story, it's like you're watching it from his memory. So we're seeing from Ralphie's memory. He's now this adult man almost in, in our minds. We're like, he's going back to this place where we do have this nuclear family. We don't see too many stories with a mother and a father and a sibling and they're just living life. And I love that that is where the magic is. We don't have to be from this other world. We don't have to be in this outrageous scenario. It's just the day-to-day -day life. And you know what, being in quarantine, like that's what happens is that we're like, oh gosh, the, some, the simple moments are where the magic is and the simple moments are what we're gonna come back to when we're older. We're gonna go, gosh, remember how my brother used to eat his food like that and play with his food that way? Remember when I saved up and I listened to the radio and I got that code and it said, drink more Ovaltine and I was so pissed. Remember when my dad was cursing and waving a tapestry of obscenities floating over Lake Michigan? Remember that, remember the lamp and my mom broke it and I'm pretty sure she did it on purpose. When my dad said it's from Italy, fragile, like all of those things. So those are the stories that we say at Christmas. We repeat them. And so a Christmas story is just so much about those everyday moments, just sitting there having a meal, just seeing that the dogs come in and they just destroy your Christmas dinner and you have to go out and eat Chinese food. Um, all of those things and seeing like my little brother when he couldn't put his arms down because his jacket was just so thick and puffy when my friend got his tongue stuck on the flagpole, like such wonderful memories that we get with the Christmas story. And I think that that is something that we want to go back to is like, let's just sit in the simplicity of of life and everyday life. And, and that's what we're going to go back to when we grow up is those wonderful family moments that we have together. Very good. <laughs> it's always like when I'm done, I'm like, whoo. <laughs> so no Christmas movie really just 
instill instills or inspires the same kind of imagination or creativity that home alone does and i'm going to ask a really important question here and it is who didn't want to booby trap their own house as a kid or better question who did booby trap their house as a kid in response to this movie because 100 i did with my friends with my family in pillow forts or couch forts or just around the house, we set up booby traps for each other and set them off on each other on purpose because of how much joy and creativity uh, and imagination it created in us watching this. Um, and then side note, also, who didn't want a zip line from their attic to a treehouse? I tried so hard to get one installed in the sanctuary like six years in a row at my home church growing up. You know, no luck, but that's what we all wanted. And then all of the traps that we get to, to see in Home Alone, they feel so genuine. They feel like they could be real. It's not grounded in a fantasy reality. These are things that, oh, I have roofing tar in the basement. I have nails. I can wet down the stairs and make it too slippery to stand. These are things that feel real and they feel genuine. It's something that, oh, as a kid, I can do. And then how many of these films inspire things like Mark Rober to create the glitter bomb for the last three years in a row, even bringing in Macaulay Culkin to be a part of the second generation of this glitter bomb and just really give it to the porch thieves that let's be honest, we all hate that's there's so much creativity and it's, you know, it's home alone is now inspired him who's inspiring others. And that just keeps going and inspiring all of all of that joy and wonder and imagination. Nice. All right. I am going to spend my second argument um, just talking about Buddy the Elf and saying that of all the characters in all of these movies, he is the one that we would want our children to begin to emulate. Um, it is his hopefulness, his commitment to family, um, and his belief in Christmas magic that uh, ultimately leads to saving the day. Um, in Home Alone, uh, Kevin McAllister does live a kind of fantasy for children, uh, but I'd say it's one that uh, could potentially lead you down a pretty dark path. Um I am considering writing some fan fiction where Kevin McAllister uh, just kind of goes in a darker direction as he grows up and he grows into Jigsaw from the Saw series because that progression <laughs> makes a whole lot of sense to me. Yikes. Um, and, uh, and I think that also just uh, like you were saying, uh, for kids to be creating zip lines and booby trapping things uh making the stairs too slippery uh those are things that kids would want to do and uh probably aren't the thing to do um and then in the nostalgia and in the um ordinary moments of uh this family it does feel familiar it feels endearing in a christmas story but it doesn't call us to anything better um, I appreciate Buddy, uh, especially in our day and age, because he's not ironic. Um, he is just truly 
a joyful person. He reminds me of Giselle from Enchanted or Ted Lasso uh, from the show Ted Lasso. If you haven't seen Ted Lasso, I am literally using some of my argument to say go watch Ted Lasso. It is so good. Um, <laughs> but, uh, buddy, is that character to be emulated uh, not the kid that uh, solves everything with violence and not the family that uh, solves things by... Um, putting up legs and windows and swearing at heaters, um, but the elf man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. A lot was said. Yeah. And and we're gonna we're gonna all rebut each other. Yes, so we, we have all have our rebuttals. Oh, yes, rebuttal. Right. Oh my goodness. Yes. I'm ready to rebut. <laughs> A rebut. <laughs> <laughs> which means i guess we butted first hmm. anyway all right okay so here is what i'm going to say about our elf man and kevin as compared to ralphie elf man got drunk first of all um he destroyed furniture he he doesn't understand the world that he's in so he's constantly like wrecking things um, Kevin is so selfish and so bratty. Um, and so like the way that he is, the way that he's treating his family and the stuff that he says to his mom, I mean, I don't know how y'all uh, grew up, but if I had uttered half of what Kevin said to his mom, he would have been, I would have been not okay. Just like you talk to friends that way. Um, but I feel like with Ralphie, he is the most noble because he's just a kid. Everything that he's doing, he's still following the rules. He's not, um, you know, being incredibly disrespectful um, for Buddy. He's just in this whole other world where he doesn't understand how to act. But Ralphie, he's got it. Okay. Okay. Um. Sandra, you started this out, your your point this round by saying uh, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. And you're right, it is. But the nostalgia of A Christmas Story is like wearing a t-shirt drenched in Buddy the Elf's breakfast. It's sticky and cloying, and you cannot get rid of it or shake it from the entire narrative of that movie. Uh, so that nostalgia is just not for me. It is, it is at a level that is just too much, like Buddy the Elf's breakfast. Uh, and as we look at Buddy the Elf, um, Sandra, I think you were right that he does not exist in a reality that we share. And uh, those four food groups, that's just not going to happen. Like that, that is a one track road to trip, whatever you want to call it, straight to a diabetes clinic. And that's all that there is down that. And the disregard for order and structure that he has in disrespecting storefronts and all of that, I just think is a bad example. Oh, I'm going to rebut also. Oh, this is true. I apologize. <laughs> um, It's okay. I, <laughs> like Buddy, regard order and structure. Um, No, Buddy, uh, it, there's not a disregard for order and structure. He just doesn't know. He's genuinely interested in all of those things. Um. The uh, nostalgia being a hell of a drug, I think that's very true. But, you know, if South Park has taught us anything, it's that we shouldn't live on member berries. You know, that's not the best place to live for us. Um, and then, again, 
Kevin McAllister should not be left home alone, you know, because, you know, your parents should take care of your kids, but also he's dangerous. And so just again, Buddy the Elf is the only character that ends in a place that we can all be happy with. Nice. By the way, the comments are hilarious. <laughs> they really, really are. I I'm particularly the live commentary. I particularly <laughs> yeah. enjoyed this one here. That if Justin had given himself a perm, he would have won. Outright. Didn't have the time. I had the commitment, just didn't have the time, or you know, the place to get a perm. What with the pandemic. That's fair. Mm. That's fair. Mm. Also, yes, I did use the word cloying. Yeah. <laughs> Slick. <laughs> Kimberly, what is your verdict for round two? All right. So, Tim, you are right about wanting to do the booby traps and everyone trying to figure out some of the booby traps that they can probably do at home. That's, that's definitely true. I definitely agree with that. So I'm going to give you the one point. Tim's on the board. I'm on the board, it's not a shout out. I can go home. But also, proud. but also tied with me, so so it's not much of an <laughs> insult at all. <laughs> but as Justin said, everyone doing booby traps at home is probably not a good idea. And I just love this idea of Kevin McAllister being the jigsaw person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Justin, you get the two points. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I would have never thought nice. of it that way. <laughs> that, that is my single favorite thing that I wrote for this whole argument. He does write Fair the knife, though. You're right. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to say it, but I'm here for that. <laughs> Just, yeah. Like five years from now, maybe. <laughs> All right. As we head into round three, Justin is currently sitting on three points. Sandra with two and me at one. Um, and I believe this is my round to start. It is. Okay. Um, here we go. So, Justin, you started with the wholesome messages of Elf. And I'm going to end with the wholesome messages of Home Alone. Because what we've all been ignoring, or what specifically you two have been ignoring, is that Home Alone has the ultimate message wholesome message of Christmas. And that is a message of forgiveness and family wholeness. Nothing is going to top that in a season of getting together with your family, especially at a time when we can't be getting together. Um, it is a riot of laughs. It is a defined Christmas comedy, but it is equally, you know, sort of balanced on these underlying challenges of family and forgiveness. Kevin starts this movie hundred percent. Sandra, you're right. He starts this movie as a brat. He wishes his family would disappear. He feels bullied, he feels misunderstood, and he says a lot of things in anger. And then he sort of, he gets that wish in the craziness of the McAllister life. Um, but as he prepares for that defense of the McAllister home, there's this really wonderful and really peaceful, powerful scene uh, in the local church as Kevin connects with old man Marley, the feared serial killer who lives next door, right? And they realize they have this moment of connection Um where they realize maybe things aren't what they seem in old man Marley, but also that Kevin sets out this really powerful belief that the effort is always worth taking to try and find reconciliation. 
that step, the energy that goes into that, that is never going to be misspent. That is always worth that time. And we see this at the end of the movie for both Kevin and old man Marley. Everybody's happy and relieved to be back together again. Uh, Everybody's really happy. Kevin is safe and sound. Kevin has a new appreciation for his family and there's some bridges being mended there. And that's mirrored again in old man Marley who reconnects with his son and his granddaughter. All right. For my final point, I am just going to try to argue that Elf is the best Christmas movie. And I will do that by saying that it has elements of every single Christmas movie genre and trope and does them all excellently. It has the claymation, the stop motion animation. It has some Christmas magic with Santa. You're in the North Pole. You go to New York during Christmas. There's romance. There's music. There's tons of comedy. There is the story of a businessman who needs to have his uh, priorities rearranged. There is the story of a family that's a little uh, dysfunctional and comes back together. There is ultimately the story of saving Christmas. Um, But then I believe that this movie played a pivotal role for another guy in green that's bringing a lot of joy this holiday season because Jean Favreau directed Elf. And I think that the experience he had in that movie and his future projects were part of what prepared him for The Mandalorian. So I'm not sure that we would have the child if we did not have Buddy. So it's the best Christmas movie and it led to one of the best shows of 2020. You're such a cheater. <laughs> that is a big leap. That is a big leap. <laughs> uh, season two finished today. DQ'd instantly. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, that's that's a funny thing to to bring up as not at all related, but okay, let me let me start my time here. Ready? Okay. So I'm going to talk about how A Christmas Story is the most relatable story. And why? Because it's actually autobiographical. So we have this source material from a real person who lived these real stories, um, you know, to, to an extent, but it's, it's real, it's relatable. It's something that we can all kind of find ourselves in. Um, hopefully we don't find ourselves in, in home alone, certainly not as, as children. Um, maybe as an adult, we might look back, but again, going back to that child's perspective, um, a Christmas story has that. It has that very real story. We have sibling relationships. We have classic lines. We have the cultural impact. We think of the leg. We think of Fragile. We think of Red Rider. You'll shoot your eye out. Like you can spew out a bunch of lines from there. And then also its power. And it's it's so legendary as a wonderful Christmas story that who do we have in Elf but Ralphie? He is a classic character that he had to be brought in and John Favreau wisely brought him in. I will say for Elf, it's like a million different stories. You know, it's not just the one thing you, and and it's really like a knockoff of the Rankin Bass 
the stop motion animation to the point where they had to actually dance around the rights. So with the Christmas story, we have something that is unique. We have something that is real. It's set in a real world. Um, and again, we have that nostalgia and we have the power of a story that even if you haven't seen it in a long time, I haven't seen it in maybe a year. I usually see it pretty much every year, but it's so fresh in my mind because it's, it's such a powerful and warm, cozy, like a swap meat blanket type movie. It just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy. Um, and it brings you back to when all you wanted was the one thing, just the one story. That was your story, your Christmas story. Um, so one, oh, hold on. I need to switch. Okay. One minute timer now. So one, if you're not watching it every year, is it really the best Christmas comedy? I mean, hard to say with a Christmas story there, but also like if, if what Ralphie has amounted to is being an Easter egg in Elf, that says a whole lot about the lack of importance in a Christmas story and how relevant that story is and that movie is. Um, I'm a huge fan of claymation and that stop motion style. And there are some really great movies that exemplify that Kubo and the two strings Coraline. These are some really groundbreaking, beautiful films to watch and enjoy. And the claymation at stop motion style stuff at the start of elf is not that it does not hit that level of sophistication or refinement or enjoyment that the gorgeous work of those other films does. All right. Um, so Sandra, you were talking about how Elf is a million different stories. Um, you should rewatch A Christmas Story because it is <laughs> so many disconnected little stories that give you that you know wonderful view of nostalgia, but uh, it doesn't have a coherent through line. Um, it, it's kind of a scatter shot in a number of places. And you know, going back to Tim's message about um, forgiveness and, and family, um, you know, Elf has those messages too. And then it has so much more. And I uh, just, you know, those stop motion movies you were talking about um, are beautiful and cutting edge, but none of them have a narwhal wishing you well on your adventure. <laughs> and that is to their, their deep lack and demise. Ooh, is it my turn? <laughs> uh, I believe it is. Jay is bringing the heat in the comments he, right he now. He is oh, wow. intensifying all of my statements. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to jump in. All right. So, um, yes, you know what? Christmas isn't here yet. So with the Christmas story, I kind of save that one as we get really close to Christmas. So probably next week I'll watch it a couple times. Also, it is the only movie that plays all day on Christmas because it is that much of a classic film for people to watch. And it's very eloquent as compared to Home Alone and especially Elf. Elf is funny. It's, it's, a, it's a fun story, but it is not for everybody. It is 
Um, you know, you have that elf man thing going on, that sort of crass humor, um, farts and all of that stuff. That's not for everybody. Um, but A Christmas Story is about real life. And there's some eloquence, some beautifully written narration in there that you don't get in any of the other films. Like I, those lines are so memorable um, and they stick with you. And that's why I think those stories are, that story is so much more relatable and accessible and more broadly appealing. That is the end of round three. Kimberly. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> Okay, this is, <laughs> this is so tough. <laughs> All right. Well, I did enjoy Tim saying how really Home Alone is, if you think about really about forgiveness and about the two stories, about how at the end they kind of got to reconcile their stories. Um, but Justin did say that Elf also has forgiveness in there and the little nor narwhal, narwhal yeah narwhal. narwhal but sandra saying or i think tim was saying that the slow motion was kind of an eh, elf so hmm. okay um oh man In I this Christmas spirit, though, sorry, I think we can all agree that John Favreau is like uh, the great savior of Disney Plus. He, <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping that he's Off not only the savior, but like uh, just like at least you know pointing the direction of what we can anticipate. I hope that we can look back in a year or two and not say, "Oh yeah, Mando was still the best by far." I hope that other amazing things come through there. Yeah. I know I have my notes here and all I have circled is John Favreau. Yes. <laughs> but okay, so my, my number one point is going to go with Tim because of Sandra, you haven't watched the Christmas story yet. <laughs> That's <so mean. laughs> I'm not sure if because Christmas is not here yet is the right yeah. excuse. So I'm just gonna go with the number one, and Justin, just the Norwal, it gives you the two points. Oh, thank nice. You. Ooh, yeah. So I, yes, I think Sandra and I have come to the same conclusion. One, Justin is into the final round. Yes, thank and so you random, you are 100 right. We do have uh, Dave Filoni to thank for a lot of the Star Wars goodness that's coming out right oh, now. Oh yes, um, they but, made a great team. If I am understanding how the points work correctly, and I think Sandra is in the same place, uh, Sandra and I both have two points. Oh, no. Going into the final round. <laughs> so. It's a Thunderdome. <laughs> Justin. So uh, one thing we had talked about doing, we have at least three audience oh, members right now. that is true. Ooh. And so I think, um, uh, Kimberly, if you are okay with this, uh, we throw the swing vote out to our live audience uh, for their shout out of who should move into the final round with me, um, Tim or Sandra. So uh, Tim, why don't you just like watch the clock for about a minute or so and the polls are open, so uh, why doesn't everyone that's listening right now either vote for 
Tim or Sandra to move into the final round. And while we wait, what should we talk about? Maybe terrible Christmas movies? Um, I think you should all be grateful that I didn't choose to argue for Die Hard because I think that would have been a sweep. I've actually never seen that movie. It is the oh, best Christmas movie. The best the Christmas best. movie. Hmm, and yet you didn't pick it. It's oh. not a comedy. It's not a comedy. We're arguing comedies. But it is the it's, best it's Christmas a fun movie. Yes, talk about some movies. We'll have some laughs. We are, I do need, we are still waiting on votes from the audience. Um, uh, Ooh. Jay is looking for. We've got some pandering right from the audience. Uh-oh. My good thing I would say about uh, Jay. What good things do Tim and Sandra have to say about me? Well, one, your beard is spectacular. Wait, well, wait. I, I will say, Jay, Jay, the author of Time Slingers, yeah. is in the audience. And the new book, Death of a Bounty Hunter. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was going to say, the good thing I would say about you, Jay, is that you're better than that question. <laughs> 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 you're better than him. <laughs> I have a vote for Sandra right now, as well as a split vote. Oh, two vote from vote from Jay for Sandra. That does push you over, Sandra. Congratulations. Uh, Jessica, I do appreciate you agreeing with me that uh, Die Hard is totally a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. takes it in t- place entirely at a Christmas party. Um, but the vote from uh, those hanging out at the moment is two for Sandra, one for me. Sandra, congratulations. You are on it to the final round. Yay! Um, <laughs> uh oh what is our final round question that these two are going to try and answer? So my question is what story would a Christmas story or elf have parted in this COVID situation? Like what story would you be able to make up that would involve them being in COVID? Like what would their characters do? What would their family or friends be doing during this time? Justin and Sandra, I am going to start a two minute timer for you guys to formulate your arguments and we will see you in just a couple minutes. Um, As we are hanging out here, Kimberly, what are some of your favorite Christmas movies or Christmas movie moments? Honestly, out of these, well, actually, I can't say yet. So, other Christmas. <laughs> can't say Don't want to get away too fast. Um, other Christmas stories. Definitely a nightmare before Christmas. Is Ooh, I actually choice. watch those both Halloween time and during Christmas because it's a little double bold. holiday movie. Totally works. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what else? I definitely love watching baking, baking off shows. Christmas like Christmas. baking. You know what? That's yes, fair. That is a, a fantastic Christmas tradition. Um, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you can't have I'm Christmas without Christmas. Bake, so I just get to watch them bake. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not a baker either. Is not my my strong suit. Uh, Jessica, next time I will try and wear earrings. I will have to do different headphones, though. Not sure that would work with the over the full over ear. Um, <laughs> Jay is commenting here that Kimberly has the best question in Nerdfight history. And though I have not been a part of a Nerdfight before, nor have I seen any, I 
can't deny that was a fantastic question, Kimberly. Well, thank you. Um, I'm honored. Glad that Jay agrees with me, though, that his favorite Christmas movie is also Home Alone. It's Home Alone. Um, the worst Christmas movie, again from Jay, the worst Christmas movie of all time is Christmas Crush. And actually, that Kimberly, what's your least favorite Christmas movie? Not including these three, but what's your least favorite Christmas? What can you just like, what just makes you like squirm? You hate seeing that movie when you're channel surfing. I don't have a specific one, but I have just any like, there's so many princess and prince uh, holiday movies right now. I don't understand what the fuss is that about. You know what? That's fair. I totally I, I can get on board with that as well. Right? Uh, I'm going to welcome back uh, Justin and Sandra here. Um, should we roll off one final time to see who who gets the 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 first slot? So high roll gets the first slot. Justin, I'm rolling first. Gets a 15. I'm not sure if that is a viewable thing. And then Sandra, a nine. So Justin, you are up first. Great. And how long are we giving for this final argument? Uh, another two minutes, I think. Awesome. Seems fair. Great. All right. Take it away. <clears throat> oh, son of a nutcracker. That was a hard question. Um, so as I was imagining what Buddy and his family would be doing, because at the end of the movie, um, he and Jovi are together and they have a kid. So I think that they would have had a couple more kids, and I imagine that they're kind of splitting their time between New York and the North Pole. Uh, so when everything started to get serious with COVID, they went to the North Pole. Uh, they have passports for the North Pole. They're residents. They're fine. The cool thing is the North Pole has been free of COVID cases for months, a lot like New Zealand. And so uh, this is good news on several levels because there's, you know, safety for them. Um, but then all of Santa's workers are still busy at their job. So we're expecting Christmas to go off without a hitch this year, um, which is wonderful. Um, but uh, in the meantime, Buddy has definitely uh, decorated some stuff internal inside. So there is a lot of ruined furniture. So, you know, that is there. And then he wrote uh, a sequel to his children's book with all the extra time and, you know, all the uh, sugar that's uh, in his system. Um, so, yeah, that's what Buddy the Elf has been up to uh, up in the North Pole. Um, and uh, I think to make an argument against this, Sandra would just have to be a cotton-headed ninny muggins. <laughs> oh, ouch. Ouch. Oh, fudge. <laughs> yes. All right, here I go. So here, now we're in a new generation. Ralphie is a dad and his kid wants a PS5. We're in COVID times. So Zoom class, you know, he's at home doing virtual Zoom class. Um, Ralphie is doing work from home. His kid is turning the camera off uh, in class so he can read some comics. He's got that same energy as Ralphie. He's just full of imagination. Um, Ralphie is fighting off porch pirates as those packages come in. Um, we have, let's see, um, plenty of time for homemade gifts. So a bunch of bunny suits or the latest thing that is embarrassing for Ralphie's child to wear, all of those are coming up. They're super bundled, but now with masks, 
you know, so this can be like a whole new adventure. And we have these looks back at what Ralphie remembers in his childhood. So we have this whole memory now of what he lived through. And we can have these moments too. Maybe Ralphie sees his Red Rider BB gun and it brings him back and it and it softens his heart to want to give his son or his daughter, that PS5, and it's hiding, tucked away in the back of the Christmas tree. And he's gonna save that to the very end for that last bit of magic to bring joy to his child's eyes. And we've come full circle, just like his dad was a little bit rough, but at the very end, he said, what's back there? And he didn't listen to mom. He went and said, I'm just gonna spoil the kids just this once. So that's what we have with Ralphie. He gets to do that for his next generation. Good arguments from both of you. Great arguments from both of you. Kimberly, <laughs> the final decision is yours. Okay. The PS5 is definitely the number one toy everybody wants. So I, <laughs> I definitely love that you said that and about how the classes were, were in are indoors and the what did you say? Pirate porch pirates? porch pirates I've had stealing those packages. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that happening as well. But overall, I would love to imagine a little part of our world being COVID free. So I mm. definitely love that Justin mentioned that in Elf in the Elf story, there is a part of our world that doesn't have any COVID. So mm. Justin, you are the winner! Yay! Thank <laughs> you, Kimberly. <laughs> Justin, congratulations. Congratulations. Um, we do have a request before we uh, end out here from a few minutes ago. Uh, Jay wants to hear Justin's elf impression. Ooh, okay. So, like, what would I? Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> I'm singing. I'm on a podcast and I'm singing. <laughs> I'm on a podcast and I'm singing. That sort of is. Beautiful. Sort of. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. That was awesome. That made it all worth it. <laughs> I wrote that down somewhere, but I'm like, where in the world will I ever use that? So thanks, Jay. <laughs> You're very welcome um, for me posting that comment, but especially Jay. Um, I'm going to thank you on or thank him on your behalf. Um, but uh thank you everybody for tuning in justin sandra well met in the in the debate tonight justin congratulations on your win hey congratulations um, to both of you on great arguments for great movies i guess elf has to be the best christmas comedy now that hurts a little to say but i'll i'll accept it um kimberly thank you so much for hanging out and joining us tonight and giving uh honest verdicts and a truly fantastic question um <laughs> for our so our for final round me. yeah absolute absolute pleasure 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 um <laughs> those of you who've been hanging out with us in the audience post in the comment section thank you so much for joining us um we will have more coming very soon as we uh, dive into looking at Soul, at Wonder Woman, the start of WandaVision. The next few months are just packed with amazing film, amazing television. We cannot wait uh, to bring that all to you. Um, this will be up on YouTube shortly, or it'll stay up, and then uh, you are more than welcome to come back and watch it another time. It will also be available on your favorite podcast channel where you can find the rest of our podcasts as well. 
Um, thank you all for joining us. Have a wonderful Merry Christmas, a happy holidays. Um, don't shoot your eye out. Don't lick frozen poles. Be sure you get those four food groups. Um, if you're going to set ice booby traps, don't do it at grandma's <laughs> or if grandma's coming over. Uh, and other than that, have a wonderful, wonderful uh, Christmas and holidays. Bye. See you, everybody. Bye.